everyone knows how much I love my animals. And Idris being here and choosing to come and spend most time with me is a really important example of how important it is to be in the present moment. And spending this time with our loved ones of whatever species is really, really vital. So I'm going to let him sit along and read this with me. Hello, everyone. Um, so I am back for part three of my book club. And the book that I'm reading is Vex King, Good Vibes, Good Life. Even though this is one of the books that you can quite easily dig in and out of yourself, um, you know, you don't have to do it in order because there's lots of information there that you can read. You know, every chapter is almost unique in itself. You may find that you want to start watching from the beginning because um, there's so much gold dust in this. It's a really lovely book. Now, why did I decide to do this book? Um, it's a real feel-good factor book. Vex King is a lovely author that has the ability to combine a lot of spiritual wisdom with real-life experiences that make it really real and relatable to all of us who are reading it. And I've discussed this book with a lot of people of all ages, from teenagers to adults to um, people older than me, males and females. And I honestly think it's got something in there for everyone. And loads of really helpful tips about how to really take the positive out of lives, look at situations in a different way. So what I'm doing is I'm going through this book, I'm reading through it chapter by chapter, and then making some of my own comments. Now, for those of you that can, I would really love you to connect with Vex. He's got a brilliant Instagram page. His new book is just out. And if you can afford to buy the book, the links are below. Please do buy it and support Vex because it's a lovely book. And honestly, you'll see it's ones that you can dip in and out of the whole time. Um, but if you can't afford to um, buy the book at the moment, then listen along with me and let me know what you think in the comments below. So last time... We got up to page 62, so we're starting on page 63, Awareness of the Present. So Awareness of the Present. Every second you spend thinking about the next moment, you avoid embracing the present. Ensure your life isn't lived entirely in your head. This is brilliant. Um, I've already got to the first paragraph and I'm going to say something already. I've been reading um, my next book, I'm going to tell you. I'm also going through a really lovely book and hopefully going to be speaking to the author, Shamanic Power Animals by Don Jose Ruiz. It's brilliant. And one of the things that really differentiates humans from other species of animals is the amount of time we spend thinking in our head as opposed to living in the present moments. This is really, really relevant. With global advances in technology, our society is becoming more engrossed in personal gadgets than in the world around them. We hold our phones more than we hold real conversations and each other. Oh, how adorable. It's sorry, I know I shouldn't stop, but Idris has just joined me. It's just started raining outside, so he wants to come and listen. It's like reading a bedtime story to my baby. Hi, Idris. Sorry, I'll start that bit again. With global advances in technology, our society is becoming more engrossed in personal gadgets than in the world around them. <laughs> it's really difficult to read with the cat and all that. 
We hold our phones more than we hold real conversations and each other. We're so busy looking down at screens and engaging in digital interactions that we forget about the environment around us. It seems people would rather experience an event through a camera than use their eyes to enjoy what's in front of them. Constant audiences are lit up by the shimmering of phone screens. This isn't to say we shouldn't capture mementos of these precious times, but living through a screen prevents us from being present in the moment. As we continue to distract ourselves from the present moment, we become more anxious, fearful and stressed. Worries overwhelm us in our everyday lives because we're now conditioned to live elsewhere rather than right here. What's more, we ignore the people around us and our personal relationships pay the price. This is often why we feel distrusted, disconnected and lost. Our vibration is lowered because we feel like we're in some imagined situation that doesn't match up with our lived reality. We relive moments of the past, fear the future and create obstacles in our minds. We devote creative energy to destructive ideas and this invites turmoil into our lives. Now is the only time you have. Once your past is gone, it doesn't exist. No matter how many times you recreate it mentally, the future hasn't even arrived. But again, you keep taping yourself there mentally. Tomorrow comes disguised as today, and some of us don't even notice. Nothing is more valuable than the present moment, because you can never get it back. You may create a visual memory that you can retrace, but physically you cannot experience it again. Think about a time when you completely forgot to check the clock or look at your phone. Perhaps you were around the people you love or doing something you enjoy. You were so engrossed in the moment that you had no time to worry about the past or the future. You were simply enjoying this where you were. That's what's known as being in the present moment. Now, for those of you listening on the podcast... Apologies for me talking about stroking my cat who it's just started raining outside and he's just arrived on my lap. I'm very lucky on my YouTube channel. Everyone knows how much I love my animals and Idris being here and choosing to come and spend most time with me is a really important example of how important it is to be in the present moment and spending this time with our loved ones of whatever species is really, really vital so I'm going to let him sit along and read this with me. As we'll explore later in the book, planning for the future is vital in order to meet your goals. But we shouldn't spend too much time there. When you think about it, the present is still the future, disguised as now. Ten years ago, you may have considered the future to be this exact point in your life. The future is today. In my early 20s, if I knew I was going out on a Saturday night, I'd want every other day to hurry up. I was wishing away my present and precious time, time I'd never get back. Once Saturday arrived and then passed, I moved on to focus on another day on which I was planning something exciting. And sometimes that was weeks away. This is also the premise of life. Once we're born, every 24 hours we're moving one day closer towards our death. The future we're constantly waiting for arrives only as the present. Once it arrives, it passes so quickly we don't even notice. We quickly switch our attention to anticipating the next moment 
and then the next and so on. This is how most of us live. We wake up to get through the day and then go back to sleep. We do this 365 times a year. We wait for success, love, happiness to show up, never really aware of what we have in the present moment. Eventually, we realize that we've never really lived, or we finally have the riches we wanted, yet we can't enjoy them because there's always something else to achieve. We make life all about a future that exists only in our imagination and completely miss what is happening in front of us. This is so true, isn't it? It's very difficult not to be caught up in planning your future. And yes, having goals and having something to work towards is really valuable. But enjoying those precious moments with loved ones. Again, for those of you listening on the podcast, I'm showing the camera of my lovely cat Idris, who's just come in and jumped on my lap as I'm recording this because it's just started pouring rain outside. And those of us who are lucky enough to share our lives with animals or even with other humans, we realize that time is so precious. I, I think back now to the amount of times that I sort of thought, oh, I'll see my grandparents next week. And then, of course, it comes a time when they're no longer there anymore and you can't ever get that time back. So I think this is such an important message. We could say the same about the past. Although we might have fond memories that we enjoy revisiting every now and again, we must learn to accept that once again, the past is gone. It cannot be changed. We can only reconstruct or alter it in our minds. The meditation exercise that I'll discuss next can help you connect to the present. By developing awareness of the present moment, we can maintain a higher vibration because we avoid being paralyzed by the past pain or future fear. Meditate. Meditation is growing in popularity and receiving praise from all directions. From occupational therapists to mainstream media, people from a myriad of different backgrounds are talking about the benefits of meditative work. But to the uninitiated, meditation practice can appear daunting, time-consuming and difficult to get to grips with. I personally avoided it for many years for these exact reasons. Like many people, I planned to meditate, but never quite got around to it. When I finally began, I found it awkward and wasn't sure if I was doing it right or if it was working. My practice was inconsistent and I struggled to see how it could be a benefit to me. Once I looked deeper into it, however, I realised I hadn't understood meditation as well as I thought. I'd overcomplicated it. Once I committed myself to 30 consecutive days of focused meditation, I began to feel a difference. After a year of practicing for 15 minutes a day, I noticed incredible changes within myself. Significantly, I found myself feeling angry far less often, something that had troubled me in the past. My rage was absent during situations identical to earlier events that had provoked an intense emotional response. I also noticed a new ability to remain calm and at peace in the midst of chaos. I had more conscious control over my thoughts. As a result, I felt more joyful more often. I couldn't ignore these changes. Meditation eases the resistance that your ego creates. I'm going to stop there for a minute because that is a powerful sentence all in itself. Let me read it again. 
meditation eases the resistance that your ego creates. How powerful is that? I've got a whole series um, of lovely talks with Guru Dev actually on the power of the ego. And I think as humans, you know, yes, our ego is there definitely to serve us in certain situations, but it can very easily run havoc with us and ruin our enjoyment of the present moment and bring unnecessary anxieties and fears into our life. This brings a sense of calm, clarity and enhanced patience. I learn profound lessons from intuitive thoughts during my practice. And this access to my inner wisdom illuminates answers to any questions I've been struggling with. When I need to raise my vibration, I know that meditation will restore good feelings. This might seem strange. Many people think the goal of meditation is to clear the mind of thoughts. But this is a misconception. Actually, meditation is really concentration. Meditation helps you arrive at conscious awareness of the present moment, and that's a powerful tool to use in every part of your life. You practice meditation by being fully present in the moment via your senses, whilst calmly observing your thoughts, emotions, and bodily sensations from a distance without judgment. I'd like to take you through a short relaxation meditation that you can do right now. You just need a pen some paper, and a quiet moment. Meditate now, a step-by-step -step guide. Number one, use your intuition to assess your energy level. How would you rate your vibration from one to 10? If one is, I feel low and I don't want to do anything, and 10 is, I feel great, peaceful, and full of joy. Write down the first number that pops into your head and don't question it. Number two, now we'll begin to move into a meditative state. Find somewhere you can completely relax, sitting or standing with your eyes open at this stage. Wherever you are, become aware of your body. Are you sitting? Are you standing? How does your spine feel? Don't change anything. Just become conscious of your physical body. Number three, now become conscious of your breathing. Just observe. Let the air go deep into your lungs. And then breathe out. Now. As you take a deep breath, imagine you're filling your lungs with as much air as possible and then expelling all the stale air as you exhale. Feel your belly moving up and down with every breath. Feel your chest move up and down with every breath. Now look around you. Notice the colours and the patterns you see without judgment. Just observe. Let your eyes absorb all that's around you. And then slowly close your eyes. Watch what comes to the screen of your mind. Let your thoughts pass by. No pressure. 
There's no right or wrong. Relax your eyelids whilst you observe what comes and goes within your mind. And keep noticing the pattern of your breath in, out, expansion and contraction. Number five, listen to the sounds around you. Where do they come from? What are the tones? Are there any sounds that stand out? Can you distinguish between the background and the foreground sounds? And now you can listen to the sound of your breath. In and out. Number six, bring your awareness to your entire body. Is there any tension? There's no need to change anything. Simply notice any sensations in your body. Are there any feelings or emotions arising now? What are they? Where in your body are they located? Observe, feel and listen. Stay still for the next minute. And then when you're ready, slowly start to move your hands and feet. And then open your eyes. This is the end of the exercise. So let's check your level of energetic vibration. How would you rate your vibration level now? Write down your number. Is it higher than before? If not, you can do the exercise again. And eventually you'll find that this brief practice raises your vibration. If you struggle to remember the steps above, try recording them on your phone so that you can guide yourself through them. Speak slowly and clearly and allow pauses for silence whilst you read the instructions. Meditation is far from being complicated. Buddhist master Yongi Mingo Rinpoche, probably butchered that, claims that to meditate, you only need to be aware of your breath. When you breathe with awareness, you're meditating. It's as simple as that. And that's why you can meditate anywhere at any time. Everything and anything done in a state of conscious awareness can be meditation, even the washing up. Try it for 15 minutes a day for 30 consecutive days. If that seems too much, start with five minutes and build up gradually. Breathing is such an important part of our life. I mean, really, if we don't breathe, we don't live. We inhale and life starts, and as life ends, we exhale. That's why it's said that with every breath, there's transformation occurring within us. 
We die and are reborn with every breath we take. It's through breath that we reinforce our vital force, our life energy, often referred to as mana, prana, chi or ki, among numerous other names depending on the spiritual tradition. With each breath, we're allowing life force, energy, to enter every cell of our body so it can vibrate with new life. As we take fuller and more controlled breaths, this enables our nervous system to calm us down, increasing our vibration. Meditation breaks down the walls of our conditioned mind and gives us an opportunity to become more authentic. As you meditate more often, you'll gain perspective on the restricting thoughts you've been playing over in your mind. So that's taken us up to page 74. Um, now, I, I think this is such an important chapter and such an important bit, such a simple exercise. I would really encourage you to re-listen to this. Make notes if you need, or as Vex suggested, record your own little message to yourself at the pace that suits you on your phone. Or the beauty of doing this, you know, listening to it on YouTube is you can just pause it when you need more time to really focus in on your breath, really do that body scan, really just feel and be aware of what emotions and thoughts are coming up within you. And personally, I would say that having a meditative practice has completely transformed my life. As Vex says, for me, it's made me so much calmer. Um, it makes it so much easier to be in a state of gratitude. It really makes you slow down and appreciate what's really important to you. Yet at the same time, magically helps you achieve so much more because you're shedding what no longer serves you. And as you practice this, you can see there's so much advice out there. Please check my other sort of meditation links on my YouTube if you're listening on that platform because there's lots and lots of different meditations that I've had various people do on my site and different ones will resonate with you at different times. So experiment and just to see what really works for you right here, right now. Um, so please do let me know in the comments below whether you've been practicing this, whether this is something that you're going to commit to actually introduce into your life, because as Vex says, it's so, so important to actually commit to this um, because you can read about it and know the wisdom behind it as much as you like. But the beauty and the transformation comes with you, when you incorporate this into your daily life. Page 75, part three, make yourself a priority. Introduction. It's not selfish or a sign of weakness to distance yourself or walk away from those who constantly bring down your vibe. Life is about balance. It's about spreading kindness, but it's also about not letting anyone take that kindness away from you. Do you think it's selfish to put yourself first? Depending on the context, it can be selfish to think of yourself and not others. For example, if a pie is cut into eight equal pieces and there were eight hungry people in the room, it would be selfish of you to take two of the pieces. However, it's often important to put yourself first. You have a lot of energy to give, but you must save some of that energy for yourself. You came into this world alone and you'll leave on your own. Your longest relationship in life is with yourself. 
Only when you manage this relationship well can you manage your relationships with others. Wow, that's potent, isn't it? You know, that is so true. The most important relationship with God is with ourselves. How often do we treat that relationship as important as we treat with our other relationships, with our friends, our families, our loved ones? Very interesting. Sadly, we must accept that even though someone means well, they may repeatedly inflict pain on our souls without considering the effect that their actions and words are having on us. Ideally, we want to be in a place where our mood doesn't shift because of someone else's behaviour. But only the most spiritually evolved among us are able to do this. To demonstrate unconditional, ongoing love in spite of others' actions towards them. Most of us still have a long way to go before we ascend into states of consciousness high enough to allow us to love all people without condition or expectation. If we're not spiritually evolved individuals, then constant interaction with toxic people can suck the energy out of us, which in time will make us feel drained. It's much easier to see the good in life when you are around positive people. That's so true, isn't it? I find that so much, you know, it, it can, it's really obvious sort of which people, which of your friends, your family, your interactions lift you up. And hopefully you're the type of person that other people find lift you, that you'll lift others up. I mean, of course, we can't be in that state all the time. It's give and take and allowing us to feel the real feelings is what Vex covers a lot in this book. But it's a really good point, isn't it? I'll read that bit again. It's much easier to see the good in life when you're around positive people. Your personal growth is an ongoing process and it can take a long time to get to a place where you're unaffected by others' behaviour. That's true, isn't it? <laughs> so sometimes you have to cut out those people who continuously cut you. They're venomous and restrict your progress. After all, it's hard to function, not to mention crack a smile, when someone keeps feeding you poison. Think of a plant. If you keep it under toxic conditions, it, can, it can't grow and will soon start to wither. But under the right conditions, it will thrive and grow into something beautiful. Once it becomes big and strong, it's hard to destroy. People can be toxic too. A toxic person might be someone who criticises everything you do, expects too much, lacks respect, shows very little support. They might ridicule, neglect, physically abuse, manipulate and belittle you. These people are usually unwilling to confront their toxic actions and make change. So when you find yourself around people who are toxic towards you, your inner peace will be lost and you'll be more likely to pass on the pain this causes to others. This begs a question. Is it selfish to think of ourselves here or is it selfish of them to expect that we should be okay with it? Ending a toxic relationship can be incredibly difficult. It's hard to break free from those close to you, even if they're hurting you. But once you remove those people from your life, you make a way for a river of positivity to flow. You'll have time and space for introspection, healing and growth. And like the plant, you too will become strong. It's so important, isn't it? I've personally been through that quite a lot over the last few years. And I, it's not something I find easy at all. You know, we miss those relationships, even when they have 
got bad sides to them. And also, I think when you're an empath, it's really can be quite challenging because you understand why people are behaving in a certain way. But that doesn't mean it's okay if it's a repeated pattern. Check your own behavior. We want everyone else to stop being toxic, but we rarely review our own actions. The most important relationship you have is the one with yourself. So there's no excuse not to break free from your own toxic ways. So it's important that you can identify any toxic tendencies you might have and that are hurting others or yourself. When we're annoyed or upset, we assume that everyone around us is fine. We excuse ourselves for acting in unkind ways by blaming our mood, not realising that other people might be going through a tough time themselves. This can bring other people down, which means that not only are you feeling hurt, but now someone else is too. Even those who believe that they're leading by example often forget to review their own actions, as demonstrated by an experience I've had myself. If you see my Instagram page, you'll know that I post quotes and advice. What you might not know is it's quite often my words are lifted by other social media pages and reposted someone as someone else's inspiring words. As flattering as it is to see my words and thoughts being shared by people, it's not satisfying to see my watermark being removed and no credit being given to me. So important, isn't it? I think that's really, you know, if you steal from someone else, you're really stealing from yourself and you can't expect that behaviour not to come back for, um, to it. So always, always give credit where it's due. It's so important. Always review your behaviours and make an effort to change any that are toxic towards yourself or others. This isn't only how you'll grow. It's also an act of self-love. You're showing yourself that you deserve better than the behaviours limiting your progress. What really strikes me is there are a number of pages promoting positivity to huge audiences that have still refused to correct their mistake. When I reach out, the people behind these pages told me they didn't want to take the post down and repost them correctly because they had great engagement on them and they'd lose followers. Some of these people are profited from my words but still didn't feel the need to acknowledge my messages. One said that everyone else was doing it, so I should get over it. Among the most interesting responses was, let it go, your name doesn't need to be on it. If you're a positive person, then you don't need to contact me ever again. This has led me to realise that even those who are doing the most preaching and appearing to promote positivity and love aren't always following their own advice. In truth, I did need to get over it, and once they refused to do anything about it, I had to focus on working selflessly. I've managed to overcome my disappointment and remind myself that the most important thing for me is that a positive message is getting out there. This is how I find my peace. However, this response exposed something that's very common in the world, shifting blame. We're quick to point out what's wrong with someone else so that we can avoid taking responsibility for our own actions. We could say that it's not our responsibility if others are offended by our actions. After all, it's only their perception and ideas around our actions that are actually hurting them. If I feel that I'm right, yet someone else feels that I'm wrong, who is right? I have this a lot. Obviously, those of you watching this on YouTube, 
um, will know that my content is constantly stolen by pirate YouTube channels and reposted of their own and monetized and making money. And unfortunately, neither YouTube nor the people involved seem to have any qualms in litting that content up. Um, so it is very frustrating. So I can really identify with this. But even when you think someone's overreacting, you must try to understand the root cause of why they feel the way they do. Usually it's because you violated one of their personal values. And if someone says they're hurt by your actions, you must believe they're hurt. You can't decide for them whether or not they felt the hurt in the first place. I've learned this with my partner. Sometimes I take my jokes too far and cause offence. If she then bravely admits her vulnerability to me, the worst thing I can do is to make her feel bad for opening up to me by being defensive and shifting the blame onto her. You can't tell someone that their feelings are invalid. You have to try to seek understanding first. Identify why they feel the way they do and then see what you can do to make it better. This is important for all relationships. We're all different and we all deserve respect for our feelings. Acknowledging and understanding someone's pain not only allows you to learn about them, but also helps you grow. You're not expected to be flawless. We all make mistakes, but you must be willing to learn, grow and remain respectful. Next chapter, page 85, the power of a good partner. Create a relationship where you talk to each other about your problems, not where you talk to each other on social media. Statuses don't fix relationship issues. Honest conversations do. I must say, I do find that really odd when I see partners conversing on social media. Very strange. Sometimes in relationships, one partner will punish the other due to their own insecurities. They make the other feel like they have flaws just to cover up their own limitations and to achieve a sense of superiority or authority. These relationships are often very unhealthy and toxic. They can make the one being punished question themselves and feel low or empty inside. For example, if you think your nose is too big and then you notice your partner being friendly with someone who you perceive as being attractive, you may notice their nose is smaller and draw a comparison. As you focus on the idea that their nose is better than yours, you may feel a rush of negative emotions such as jealousy, doubt and hatred. As a result, your self-worth, confidence and energy decrease. Your mind may also suggest hideous ideas to you, such as your partner finding them attractive because their nose is perfect. You may then take your pain out on your partner, accusing them of flirting, even if it was completely innocent. You'll project your insecurity onto them and imply that they're malicious. They let love and they're disrespectful. This is emotional manipulation, where instead of taking responsibility for your own emotions, you take them out on someone else. You'll ensure your partner also feels your pain. You'll question their integrity and morals, trying to convince them that they're sinister. You'll point out everything that's wrong with them. This only leads to conflict, where even more insecurities may be exposed, damaging words exchanged, and potentially devastating actions produced. But you need to understand where your actions are coming from. Is it your insecurities, 
or because your partner has been acting in toxic ways. Ultimately, this ends in pain. Alternatively, your partner may have been genuinely flirting. In some relationships, this may be acceptable. In most, however, it won't be. Although you can't demand respect from someone, you can extract yourself from situations in which you're not respected. It's a really good point, isn't it? You know, when you're aware of something, then it does become a choice as to how much you're prepared to put up with. That said, there are plenty of healthy relationships that are full of insecurities, but they must contain mutual respect and support. Partners should be honest about their insecurities, open to working with each other to improve them and respectful enough not to hurt the other or use their insecurities against them. All relationships require work. They require endless communication and tremendous understanding, and they can be very challenging. But while giving up isn't always the answer, sometimes you have to walk away, especially when you lose your sense of self. Sometimes you have to break away from the toxicity so you can heal. I think that's the case in lots of relationships, not just in romantic relationships. Unhealthy relationships drain all the goodness out of us. We give everything to someone who just won't match our efforts and willingness to try. We empty our love bank to make them feel wealthier whilst we become broke. We give ourselves up to someone who doesn't respect us enough to treat us well in return. You don't have to be an expert to realise that relationships should be empowering. They shouldn't consistently make you feel limited or lacking. You should never be feeling empty in a relationship, especially if it's to make someone else feel full. Sometimes we love the idea of what someone could be or what someone is momentarily. momentarily. We love their potential. In fact, if you reflect on your past with a serious ex-partner, there was probably a point where you thought they were the best thing ever. Later, you may find out that they weren't quite what you expected them to be. None of us are perfect, so no relationship is perfect. But it's easy to fall into the track of hanging on to people because you see their light and their potential to be a great partner. However, deep down, you know that you're clinging to false hope. If you're with someone who isn't willing to get better, you may be wasting your time. You can't change those who aren't ready to change. You also have to ensure that they're not pretending they want to get better. This tactic could be used to build false hope so that you stick around for longer. Of course, this is a selfish act and it's characteristic of someone who's unwilling to reach their full potential. I completely understand that it might be painful to leave a toxic person who you love Getting out of a toxic relationship is much easier said than done. That's why many stay put and entertain the negativity for as long as they can. But you're worth that temporary pain. Sometimes people will settle for inadequate relationships because they believe they won't find someone better or that the task of finding someone new and rebuilding something from scratch is too long and too difficult. Their intuition will tell them that they deserve better but they won't courageously act on it. Here's an example that might help you to figure out whether you're in a toxic relationship. Someone once asked my, for my opinion on their relationship. They were having problems with their partner and didn't know if they should walk away. 
I don't like telling people what they should do in their relationship because I'm not in it and I can't see the full picture. Someone can describe it to me and I can make assumptions, but the choice is ultimately theirs. So I flipped it around and asked this person what they advised their daughter to do if she were in the same position. This gave them pause for thought. I already knew what they thought they should be doing, but they needed me to justify it or talk them out of it. The decision scared them, so they were avoiding it. Yet when I asked this question, they realised they already knew the answer. As a parent, you have natural protective instincts over your child. Even if you don't have a child, you can probably imagine it. You care about them so much that you wouldn't want them to get hurt and miss out on any joy. This person's gut already had the answer, even before they asked for my advice. I always tell people to trust their instinct, because that's their soul whispering advice to them. You'll know it's your gut when you have a sense of almost knowing you've arrived at the answer without a reasoning process. We've talked so much about trusting our instinct. When we really start tuning into ourselves and admit what we're truly feeling, we don't need sort of complex explanations for it. We just need to go with that because when we don't follow what our instinct's telling us normally, unfortunately, it doesn't end well. When you think a certain thought, you'll get a strange little feeling in your belly. And that's what I believe is your intuition. It's one of the best guidance systems around. Even your most dominant thoughts aren't necessarily your intuition speaking because they could be rooted in fear or desire. Intuition is a calm feeling and gives you a reassuring sense of detachment. Sometimes it will feel like something inside of you is urging you to take note. It's almost physical. Just remember, a relationship should add value to your life and bring you good vibes the majority of the time. Relationships that are toxic will deflate your psychological health and even your physical well-being. Don't be in a relationship for the sake of being in one. If it's time to say goodbye, be brave and do it. It might hurt now, but it will be the source of something greater in the future. Right, that's taken us to the end of page 91. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, so that we, for those of you that don't have much time, it's not too much to listen to. Now, I think there's so much wisdom in there. You'll know whether it resonates with you. You'll know how this appears to certain areas of your life. And as I said, it, this is talking about any relationship in your life, not just romantic relationships. And remember tuning into our intuition. It's like a muscle that we develop. The more we practice, the more we're aware of it, the easier and easier it gets to read the signs. So don't be afraid to practice it and look for feedback and course correct when needed. So I really hope you enjoyed that latest installment. I will be back for more. Please do let me know in the comments how you're enjoying this, what you think of it, what little tips you've got and how this is rolling out in your life. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. 
So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible, and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.